All right. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Netta. This is the Cheers to Us podcast. And welcome or welcome back if you have listened to episodes before. Um, I'm just here today. It is a Tuesday afternoon. So I wanted to take a bit of a more helpful and informative approach to this episode rather than an entertaining one. Hopefully it will also be entertaining for you guys. Um, But as you can tell by the title, I wanted to talk today about how to write and publish your first book um, and to self-publish. This is something that I've been asked about a lot. Um, For those of you who don't know, I self-published and wrote my first book, which was a collection of poetry and prose, when I was in college at uh, UC Berkeley. And I, you know, published the whole thing for free and did everything myself. You know, I was in college. I was just a broke student. I was kind of doing this in between classes and um, whenever I could really find time to write. And ever since then, this is something that I've been asked about a lot. Um, One of my dreams, you know, always growing up was to be an author, to be a best-selling author, you know, famous writer, all that. Um, And this was kind of the first step, I guess, towards that dream and just actually trying to put something out there into the world and, you know, bring it to fruition, fruition, fruition. I think it's fruition, right? Um, Sorry, you would think I studied English, but yeah. Um, So, you know, just every time I meet somebody or anytime somebody finds out that I've written a book or, um, you know, if it's on my resume in general, I've kind of just been asked a lot, like, what do you mean you self-published it? And Um, How did you do the cover? How did you figure out what you wanted to write about? All these things. Um, So I kind of just wanted to go over a little bit of information about that today and just go over my process. Of course, this isn't the only way to do it. You know, I'm sure there are many other ways to self-publish and to create. Obviously, everybody has their own unique style and process. Um, And there are, of course, also so many resources that you can go through and so many different platforms that you can use. Um, But I needed to do this kind of in the most cheap and not necessarily fast way. I guess I was a little bit rushed um, because I just wanted to get it out there before, you know, I felt unmotivated. But I will also say that I, you know, also went into this, at least for the first time, um, you know, not really thinking too much about the technicalities and not, I guess, um, even though I put a lot of work into it, I don't think that I was as strict with the editing and kind of just the way that I was thinking about what I was putting out into the world at the moment. I was also 19, for the record. Um, and this was kind of my first book, and I kind of more just wanted to actually create just a collection of poetry um, that was going to feel fulfilling in the sense that it was mine and it was a personal creation um, that I could, you know, honor that side of myself with and in my creative side with. Um, so I will also be going over, you know, what I learned from that experience I am currently in the process of writing my second book, which is also a book of poetry, um, which I'm very excited about. And that book will be titled Letters for Him. Um, I am aiming to release it in August of 2021 of this year. Um, So keep an eye out for that. But there are a lot of things that I'm doing differently with this book now um, compared to the first one. And I, you know, did research both times on different platforms and resources and, you know, just different ways of doing things. So I did want to share, you know, how I did everything the first time and how I was able to do that on my own without having an editor or a publishing company sign me or accept my manuscript. Um, 
I didn't even have help with the cover or illustrations or anything like that. So um, I did want to share, you know, how you can do that on your own without it even taking too much time or um, kind of just, you know, trying to simplify the process for people who are trying to currently write their first book or if it's something they're considering. And then also to share what I've learned since then and how I'm doing things differently now and what I'm still doing the same. So (laughs) before we get into it, of course, first thing is first, we got to do our cheers. So today I have an iced coffee, big surprise. It is the brown sugar oat milk shaken espresso from Starbucks. No, this is not sponsored. It should be considering how much coffee I drink. Um, But this is their, one of their newer drinks. I think I tried this one and the iced um, chocolate almond milk shaken espresso. And to be honest with you guys, I didn't really like that one that much. It kind of just tasted like chocolate cereal milk. It didn't really taste like coffee. Um, And, you know, if you're an avid coffee drinker, you know, kind of needs to taste like coffee. Um, And also I had asked before I purchased this, I asked them, for those of you guys who don't know, we know what a shaken espresso is. I hadn't really heard of it either. And so... I remember before I, you know, ordered, I asked, um, is this like a latte or is it like a splash of milk? And basically the barista told me it's more than a splash of milk, but it's also less than a latte. And then of course they put it in a shaker cup, um, with, you know, the brown sugar sweetening and oat milk and then pour that all over ice. So that's what that is. And, um, let's hop into our cheers. Thank you guys for being here. Um, today's kind of a bit more of a mellow day for me. I think you can maybe tell by my voice or just the way, um, that I kind of am existing right now. I definitely need this coffee (laughs) today. Um, so I hope you guys have a great week ahead of you and hope this day is amazing for you whenever you're listening to this and cheers to us. Okay. So I feel like there's, you know, a lot of information here. So I'm just going to dive into it and hopefully, you know, cover all my bases here. Um, But so as far as how I came about the idea of wanting to publish this book, I think I was really inspired by the new age of, you know, Instagram poetry and um, people who are either self-publishing or posting their poetry on Instagram and getting followers like that. I was largely inspired by Rupi Kaur. I still think she's absolutely incredible. Um, and she's very inspiring to me as well, especially as another woman of color. Um, and so I kind of went into it knowing, you know, I had already been writing poetry for a while. It's something that I've been passionate about for a long time. I, you know, started my writing journey with journaling a lot, simply, you know, just as kind of a way of expressing my thoughts and emotions and healing traumas, what have you. And it developed into poetry, I think, once I started reading more and especially once I um, became an English major and first got into college because I started reading a lot more adult content, um, just kind of more sophisticated material. And especially with being an English major, I read a lot of poetry, which is, you know, kind of the classic kind of poetry that you imagine that is usually assigned to us, which is formal, has, you know, very distinct rhythm and meter. You think Shakespeare, you think you know, old English, you think old British literature, you know, all of that. Um, But as I also, you know, kind of got older and started exploring more literature on my own, especially through social media, I would find myself searching for poetry and um, other 
you know, more, I guess, verse style poetry and just more casual, less formal style, more accessible um, as well content. And I think that that's also really important. And so that's kind of what inspired my journey, you know, thinking, okay, well, this is so cool. If they can do it, why can't I? And I've already written all this poetry um, in the last couple of years that I've just kept to myself. And I kind of wanted to encapsulate it in just a, you know, just a collection just in one place where I could have it and be, have it be, you know, a physical, tangible thing. And I think beyond the book itself also, um, which is something also I was going to suggest to you guys, if you are considering writing a book, this is something that I really think is important um, to consider before you even get started is to ask yourself, you know, what are your end goals with this? And where is the motivation to write the book coming from? For me, writing a book was both a way to officially become an author and to do it um, myself and to self-publish my content and my creations, I think was definitely a huge part of confirming that part of my identity for myself. It was also a way to dip my toes in the water without committing too much. Um, I think that's also one of the benefits of self-publishing. You know, you don't have to get into a bunch of negotiations with publishers. You don't have to worry about even sending out your manuscript and hoping somebody, you know, accepts it and validates it for you. Um, as a, you know, as an author who's starting out, regardless of what you're writing or creating, I really do think that there is a huge mental and emotional um, aspect to self-publishing and just, you know, having so much ownership and having to take so much ownership and responsibility for your first, you know, creation, your first book, which is huge. And I think that once you do that, you really become in touch with yourself, both as a creator and as a creative person, but also you really understand just as a person kind of what you want. And um, I personally like also having, you know, the control that I want over what I'm creating. Um, and this is also, you know, one of the many benefits of kind of taking that path and doing it yourself. Um, but going back to this, you know, idea of asking yourself what's your motivation behind it and what's really kind of the drive for you to write a book. Um, for me, the book, my first book, which is now published and has been published for three years now, um, we're actually coming up on its birthday. <laughs> um, wait, actually, maybe I should just publish this on the anniversary or something. Um, I don't know. Right now it's March 23rd and the anniversary is March 26th. So we'll see when this goes up. But I um going back to the, you know, motivation aspect of it, for me, I had gone through a lot of difficult experiences, a lot of eye-opening experiences, a lot of beautiful experiences, you know, both romantically with friends and just life experiences that really forced me to grow up um, very quickly and very suddenly when I was like 17 till like I was 19. Basically, I graduated high school, went to community college, and then transferred to UC Berkeley. And my second semester, beginning of my second semester at UC Berkeley is when I published this book. So I started working on it um, in the fall of 2017, which was, you know, the earlier, it was my first semester at Berkeley. And that's really when I started really committing and, you know, sort of buckling down and really getting a manuscript together and, and writing and putting stuff from all my different notebooks and my journals onto actual documents and onto actual pages, you know. Um, 
But for me, I wanted to encapsulate that growth in one place and to kind of have something that represented at that point what was this, you know, the the biggest shift in my life that had happened up till then and so many huge lessons that have just hit me back to back to back, which now, you know, obviously looking back, it's been three, four years and that poetry is from, you know, four or five years ago in my life. Um, as far as like the timeline goes. And obviously now there are pieces that I read and I, it's just so cringy to me, <laughs> you know, to see that book. But at the same time, at the end of the day, it is my first baby and it is my first creation. Um, and I'm really glad that I did that in the end because I still was able to learn so much from it and to prove to myself that I could still do it and that I didn't need, you know, a publisher to validate my work as good enough. And honestly, you guys don't either. And that's also a huge part of, you know, why I wanted to make this episode. So going into it, you think, what's your motivation? Is it self-expression? Is it, you know, encapsulation of memories or kind of a time period of your life? Is it to release your imagination and give yourself a cathartic space to, you know, create something out of this world? You know, if you're writing fiction or if you are, you know, let's say creating a comic book or whatever, Um, If it's nonfiction, you know, a lot of people feel that writing a memoir or, you know, talking about their experiences and having some kind of personal narrative out there can be helpful to others. Is that your goal? Or do you want sales? Or do you want fame? You know, and I don't think that there's anything wrong with the last two um, goals either. I I don't mean that in in a negative way. But I do think that if you are, you know, aiming for sales and fame and that sort of thing, then you do want to spend a lot more time making sure that you are creating something that is extremely unique and eye-catching and you want to do a lot of, you know, research on your market and on what is already out there and what has already been created. And then, you know, you have, I think, a huge aspect of self-publishing, which, you know, a lot of people don't think about is you don't get famous and your book doesn't get noticed just so easily. You know, I think people see viral poets or viral authors, you know, I think especially as far as poetry goes, this is really relevant because there's a lot of Instagram poets, um, you know, like Bo Taplin, R.M. Drake, right, R.H. Sin, Langleave, Rupi Kaur. Think of all these poets people write, you know, and there are so many other amazing writers and poets out there as well. And then they go and they you know, they they write these books and they put it out there and then it's so disappointing because you're not blowing up like you thought you were going to and you're not going viral the way that you thought you were going to. Um, and I think that it's really important to remember that that doesn't happen as easily as, you know, you might think it does. Going viral oftentimes happens once somebody has been, you know, uploading consistent writing and poetry for a while or has had, you know, lots and lots of traction on their page consistently, which obviously, you know, boosts your place in the algorithm and all of that as far as marketing and, you know, promoting your work goes. Um, But this is actually something that I struggled with. I was actually very surprised when I, not very surprised, but I think that when I published the first poetry book, um, I definitely expected it to get more traction than it actually did. And it's not like I was expecting thousands of thousands, but you need to understand that if you're self-publishing a book, I think the most important thing should be that you need to do it for yourself first because you literally might even expect to get like, okay, maybe 100 people will buy it. And then you're going to have like 15 people buy it. And then you're going to be like, oh my gosh, that 
sucks. Like, oh my God, what happened? Not even a hundred people want it. Not even, you know, whatever. And it's like, it might even be because of, you know, what platform you're going through and how you're selling it or how it's marketed on that website. Or, you know, there's just so much also, there are so many creations out there that it really is just so subjective to timing and to your audience. And um, I think really to catch people's attention and to get the sales that most people want or, you know, believe that their work is worthy of, which I'm sure it is, um, you know, it, it takes a lot more than you think it does. Um, so again, you know, you don't want to go into it with expectations of things that you can't control, which includes your reader's reaction, which includes, you know, the reader acceptance of it and how much people actually take it in and want to consume, um, your content. So you want to do it for yourself first. Um, and then most importantly, also, I would say you need to give yourself extra time, more time that you think that you need. Um, something that's super, super important is that when you're writing the actual book, just getting started alone, obviously, you know, I think that we all know this is usually the hardest part for most people, right? To do anything. Um, especially if you're sitting there being like, I want to write a book and this is a huge goal for you. When you go to actually do it, you're like, "Mm, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it later. Or you sit down and you open up a word document or you write down, you know, okay, the title of your book at the top of a piece of paper, or you open up a notebook or you open up Google docs, whatever the fuck you're using, you open it up and you're like, I don't even know where to start. Do I start with my name? Is it MLA format? Do I put my name, the professor, the date? Like, you you know, it's not like we're taught how to write a book. The kind of writing that people are taught in schools is usually essays. Um, and so it's just, you know, it is this whole process of figuring out what your style is. I obviously, you know, think that there's nothing wrong with drawing inspiration from things that have already been created. Um, of course, to a point, right? You don't really want to draw... I guess, topic inspiration or, you know, copy somebody's work word for word. But something that actually helped me figure out how to format my book and how it was supposed to look and how I was going to lay out the pages was, you know, looking at the books that I did have, both poetry books and others, um, that I'm sorry if you guys can hear birds in the background. Um, I'm house sitting for my best friend and she has birds and they speak when they hear other people speaking. So I guess they're excited about our conversation right now. Um, but yeah, so, um, as far as, you know, writing your first book goes, just figuring out how to format it, you can open up, you know, the books that you have, other poetry books or whatever you're inspired by and sort of see how people have laid out title pages, chapters, if they do have a table of contents or if they just have an index at the end, um, if there are illustrations included and if you want that. um, And, you know, of course, you're going into it thinking, okay, well, you also want it to be somewhat organized. So you don't want to just throw illustrations in there if it's not relevant, right, to your content. Um, So I do think that there are many, many things that, you know, you need to consider before you start or even while you're working on it. And then there are so many more things that come up in the middle of your process um, that often stunt us, right? And and it kind of will freak you out and it might get frustrating. And so I do think that it is really important to give yourself a lot more time than you think to um, work on the book and to kind of have it be something where you can take your time and have the safety cushion instead of 
kind of frantically trying to pull something together because you promised yourself or other people a date or some kind of timeline and then you can't meet that. Um, so you kind of have to sacrifice quality or your own satisfaction in your work. So how do we actually, you know, start writing a book and actually get it done? You know, the physical pages, right? Um, I think that you can either, you know, I feel like there's multiple ways to go about it. Something that you can do is to just get started and just start adding to it and keep adding to it. Um, If you have, you know, pieces of poetry, I think that kind of grouping things that are generally of the same topic together, or if you are going to just have a super broad collection of poetry um, that kind of covers multiple topics and multiple stages of your life or multiple aspects, you know, multiple um, emotions, you can totally, you know, try to outline it and brainstorm, you know, ahead of time and see if you want chapters or how long you want it to be. And if you know those things ahead of time, that's amazing. And then, you know, you can kind of get started and go off of that. If not, I do think that just getting started and adding to it and again, giving yourself time to find out what process really works for you um, is the best. I personally like to write and edit as I go instead of separating those two processes. Um, I, the way that I did it also, um, which was completely free and easy for you guys also to know is that I literally just used Google Docs. Um, that was simple enough for what I needed. Um, and honestly, it really was a good resource. Like it was not, you know, a lacking platform. There wasn't anything that I couldn't add in there if I wanted to, or images or formatting. They had a really good selection of fonts. Um, it was relatively easy to move things around and to add page breaks the way that I wanted, right? And to, you know, format it um, and make the book look the way that I wanted it to. So my entire manuscript, um, all of my title brainstorms, all of that were all in a Google Drive folder. Um, and that is how I went about it at the moment. Obviously, you know, some people don't think that's super secure as far as like your cybersecurity and that sort of thing goes. But for me at the time, it was, you know, I wasn't taking, it's, it wasn't that serious to me, you know, like I just wanted to publish this book and get it out there and to have something of my own. Um, and it's not like, you know, your Google Drive is getting hacked left and right. So um, I kind of kept everything in that space for myself and it ended up being a lot more easy to get through it because everything was organized. Um, and when it came time to, you know, upload a manuscript, for publishing and to actually go through with it. Um, Again, it was a lot easier because everything was in one space. So I think, again, if you're going through it um, and you're, you know, getting into the process with an outline and you've brainstormed chapters and you know how long you want your book to be, something to keep in mind is that it's totally okay for those details to change and, you know, to not go into it, I think, clinging too hard. Um, to this idea or maybe the standard in your mind that you think you need to match in order for it to be a good enough book. Um, You know, if you planned on writing 100 pages of poetry and you really only feel like you're going to actually be really proud and happy to publish 70 of them and your book ends up being a little bit shorter, that's okay. There is, you know, absolutely nothing wrong with moving around your own expectations and your own guidelines and your own kind of, you know, goals with this, you know, process and with this creation, not only is it your first book, um, 
but also you're self-publishing and also it's just a creative endeavor. It's bound to change. It's bound to develop over time. And that means that you're growing through the process as well, you know, as you learn more and as you kind of go forward. Um, so I used Google Docs, like I said, um, to, you know, um, just create the entire manuscript and everything. Um, and then I would, you know, put it in print layout and I would view it in, in the print view to see, you know, every once, so every once in a while I would, um, do that to see how it would look like once it was printed. Um, but also as far as working on the cover and illustrations, um, there are two ways to go about this. I had a lot of illustrations that I didn't actually end up including in the book. So my first book has no illustrations, but I simply, you know, there was a lot of things that I had just sketched out or doodled or journal pages. Um, and I was just going to scan those and add them as images into the manuscript. Um, and then also, as far as the cover goes, there are free tools like PicMonkey or Canva um, or even, you know, Paint if you are on a PC. Um, there's the preview tool on Mac um, if you want to, you know, create like a new image that way and export it as a PDF. Both Google Docs and all of these tools are, um, you know, really helpful because you can export whatever you create as a PDF which is super important because when it comes to uploading stuff, most platforms, you know, will require certain sizing um, or, you know, a certain certain amount of, you know, storage that it can take up, right? A certain size that your file needs to be in order for them to accept it. Um, furthermore, you know, kind of elaborating on the cover aspect of things, I was just a broke college student. I didn't even have a Canva account. I didn't have a PicMonkey account. I literally think I opened up Canva um, created what I wanted on there, kind of, you know, like you can use it and whatever. And then when it comes to saving it or downloading it or whatever, I think you have to create an account or something like that. And I don't even think that I wanted to do that because I didn't want to get, you know, randomly billed at this point you're in college. And it's like, I'm lucky if I have a hundred bucks in my bank account. And I wasn't about to, you know, pay all these dues and all this stuff when I didn't even know if it was even going to go through. And at this point, you're just creating the book, right? It hasn't even gone out. It hasn't even been published. So I'm pretty sure I just took a screenshot of that off of my laptop. Um, and then in preview, I remember I had to tweak it so much because I needed to get the sizing right because it was for a book cover. Um, when you create a like an illustration or like a, a cover or cover art or anything like that. So normally you're thinking just one page, right? Like let's say you're, you know, you have a book open and you're thinking one side or just how the cover is one page. Um, when you upload the file that is going to end up being your book cover, it includes the front cover, the spine of the book and the back cover of the book. So it's super important for, you to, you know, keep all of that in mind as you're creating whatever illustrations you wanted um, on there and how it's actually going to look at, look like because it's a PDF that's in landscape, you know, mode. And then they essentially wrap that around the book and that becomes the cover, right? So there were all these, you know, different formatting things that I needed to go through. And you know, I do think that what I learned from that was that at least I would, I wouldn't definitely um, make an account or use what you can if you really don't want to go through the whole hassle of having to edit the details and change up the, um, 
size of the file so much. I had to change the dimensions so much for the cover art. I remember that was the most complicated part of um, getting just started and being able to publish my own book. Um, And then as far as the platforms that you can publish through, there are different ones. You know, you can literally Google um, self-publishing platforms, book publishing platforms, all these things. Obviously, a bunch of publishers, big book publishing companies will show up, you know, where they have a, a section on their website for you to send in a manuscript and hope that they get back to you in the next century. Um, but <laughs> there are a lot of different platforms that you can actually publish through on your own for free. And, um, you know, something to consider there obviously is the royalties and like fees that they take from you. So that is a downside, I would say, to self-publishing. But you definitely still have a lot more autonomy and a lot more financial control um, and a lot more financial gain, I definitely think, when you self-publish versus if you are going through a big publisher's company. Think of it this way. If you go through Andrews McNeil or Penguin House or Scholastic or whatever, you know, publishers that you're going through, sure, you know, you, you know, I guess, I guess it's just a give and take, right? You, you know, they are somewhat in control of what your cover is going to look like or how things are worded. You have an editor who's going to go through your manuscript with a fine tooth comb. They might move shit around. Um, there are all these things. It also takes a lot longer because you're on their timeline as well. And things have to both be, you know, up to your standards and up to theirs. So it's not entirely your own and you don't completely own the rights to your creation. Um, but at the same time, the amount of marketing and exposure that your book gets, the amount of, you know, sales that you're going to have definitely is going to be higher. You know, the likelihood of people knowing your name and getting to know you as an author and, you know, you having future opportunities and getting published in the future again, either by the same company or by a different or bigger publisher, right? These are all huge, you know, pros, right? To going through a publisher's company. The issue is, first of all, it's not that easy, right? You can't just say, I want to, I want this company to publish my book and they're going to say, okay. Um, So I think, you know, maybe even your first two, three books, self-publishing is a good idea because you really learn what you want and what actually ends up being your style as an author without getting into too much of a mix with other people, other opinions, you know, a third party that can change and move things around as they please because it's really not all um, in your control. But again, you know, so what I did was, I just Googled a bunch of self-publishing platforms. One of the first ones that came up was Create Space by Amazon. Um, and at the time, you know, I, you know, I thought that that was the best option and I went through that. Um, it was pretty simple. I literally just used my Amazon account. Um, now Create Space is called KDP Publishing. It's Kindle Direct Publishing. And Um, You can still go through them. You can still, you know, do the same thing. They will ask you basically to upload files, um, you know, of your manuscript, of your cover. They'll ask you to set a price. And then um, through that, you know, as you're entering those numbers, it'll show you, you know, what you would be making and how much royalties you'd be paying to the publisher. Um, In this case, it would be Amazon. And um, they're, you know, they kind of go over all the other details with you as far as the author description goes, the book description, um, any tags you want to add, keywords. It's really a a fun way to go and um, play around with all these things that you really don't have access to or you don't really ever think about 
when you just pick up a book that's been published or you pick up a book that's been assigned to you or you're reading for fun, you know, there are so many details that we don't really think about. Um, and I think that self-publishing your work teaches you a lot too. And if you do end up, you know, taking this career of being an author and your whole life purpose becomes publishing books and, you know, writing books for a living, which if you want to do, I hope that you reach that dream. Um, you still will be so much more educated going into it and you will be able to have a lot more, um, I think, control and information when it comes to what's happening to your work if you do end up going down that route. Um, and again, you know, when you upload your manuscript and your cover, um, they do take, you know, uh, like one to three business days essentially to process your manuscript and then you'll get an email saying if it was approved or not to um, publish. And then literally it's just the click of a button. You can publish it and then all of a sudden it was on Amazon and it was for sale. Um, with Amazon, I kind of had more of an issue figuring out how I was going to change the presentation of my book as an item on there. Um, I wasn't really able to control, you know, the the product like photos that were uploaded. So I couldn't um, upload any like pages, you know, or pictures of the pages to Amazon so that people could kind of flip through those images as well. If you go and you look up A Plethora of Roses um, by Netta Saromi on Amazon, you will find that the product images are only the front and the back cover. So that was something that I personally didn't like. It didn't really give me a lot of control there. That's something that I couldn't control um, and add to. So of course, you know, also depending on the platform that you're publishing through, I literally publish through Amazon, which is huge. So you know, and there's tons of poetry books on there. There's tons of books and just items on there. So it's not like that is something that's going to really blow up unless it's getting, you know, hundreds of thousands of purchases and it starts showing up on people's recommended pages, you know? So for the second, you know, book that I started writing, I did some more research again. And this time I didn't really want to go through Amazon, you know, having been more educated and just with some time passed, um, I personally decided that that was not, you know, the right platform for me. So I came across Blurb Bookstore, which is a place where you can, you know, upload your own manuscript, um, whether you're creating it through Google Docs or anything else, um, or you can, you know, download their own, <clears throat> sorry, you could download their own, essentially it's a book writing software called BookWrite, um, which comes in handy a lot. I would say if, you know, if that, if that's what works for you, but if you do want to continue working on it on your own, you know, whether it's through Google Docs or Word or Paint or whatever, you know, whatever system that you figured out that's best for you, um, you can, you know, still upload whatever manuscript and cover that you've created through there. Um, so I did want to share with you guys kind of just, you know, a quick update. That is what I'm currently using. I obviously haven't really published through them yet, but as far as you know, the things that I learned when I was doing my research, it did seem fitting for me and fine. Um, so I think lastly, I just wanted to mention that, you know, it's also, it's totally okay if you lose inspiration throughout your writing process. Um, you don't really want to lose sight of, you know, what the book actually means to you overall instead of allowing it to 
become something that feels like, you know, a stressful work project or like an essay that you have to finish and meet the deadline. This is something that is a creative pursuit that is meant to fulfill you and is meant to express all of your beautiful ideas. And I think that that's so beautiful. If you are considering taking this step or if you are taking this step, congratulations. That's amazing and awesome for you. Um, You know, the world deserves to hear your work and to see your work, read your work, whatever it is. Um, So, you know, I do feel like putting yourself out there and expressing yourself was always worth it versus not doing so. Um, and I just wanted to make this episode for you guys to kind of just share whatever information I have. Um, I am thinking of creating a couple episodes on, you know, finding inspiration and how to get through creative blocks, since that is also something that I've been asked about before, just with being an English major and you know, writing books and stuff, people have often asked me, well, how do you find inspiration or what do you do when you just can't think and you can't write? Um, so I'm thinking of, you know, creating a couple episodes about that. So you guys can please let me know if that's something that you guys would be interested in. I'm happy to create it. Um, otherwise, check the description box below for links and um, any other information. And I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening. Cheers.